0: Alright, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Double N Ben Variety Show. How you doing? Oh, it's good to have you here. Oh, it's good to see you. Welcome back. Oh, did you have fun this weekend? Did you go trick-or-treating? Happy Melbourne Cup Day. How many fucking beers have you had? How many uh, glasses of Prosecco have you had? Did you go into the bathroom, snort some lines? God, I can't wait for those HR meetings for the coming week. Someone's probably going to file a lawsuit because, you know, someone probably smacks some other co-worker on the ass. Isn't Melbourne Cup fun? Where you get to bet all your money that you earn through work, and you get to watch uh, all these horses race, and if they don't win, then they get shot in the head afterwards. Isn't that fun? Isn't it exciting? But you know what? You get the day off. You get to have a few drinks you know, with people who you usually probably wouldn't hang out with outside of work, but fuck it, it's free alcohol, your work's paying for it, you get a nice lunch, you get to have fun, it's a, yeah. who can complain? You know what, you might win some money, you might lose some, who gives a shit? It's free alcohol, that's the culture, you know, Melbourne Cup encapsulates everything about this country, right? Right? People like to get on the piss. People like to have a punt. You'll probably get into a punch-on near the end of the night. You'll probably be dragged into, your, into the HR office at your work because you probably slapped some innocent chick on the ass. Probably your assistant. Am I right, Corporate Australia? Are you keen for that? Hang on, I gotta move something. God damn it. I don't organize myself before this fucking podcast. No, man, let's just hit record and just act like a fucking maniac for an hour. There is so much shit I have to cover. You don't understand. There's way too much shit. Britain... Oh, UK, what's going on with you? You got a new prime minister. Your queen died. Your economy's down the fucking gutter. You know, the energy crisis is hitting you hard. What else happened? Nancy Pelosi's husband got attacked in his own home. Italian discrimination. That shit is real. Let me tell you that. That shit is real. The US wants to intervene in Haiti. Kanye West is at it again. Oh, God. Oh, we only have an hour. How are we going to do this? My God, it's just so stressful. Um. Anyway, all right, let's jump into it. Okay. I kind of want to revisit the Kanye West shit that I was talking about last time because I didn't really feel like I, um, I mean, it's more, this is coming from a place where like the story has developed, like this, the, 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 the headlines are getting crazier, Kanye West is saying crazier shit. People are outraged, people are upset, people don't want to listen to his music, people don't want to hear from him. They've had enough of good old yay. They don't like him anymore. And last time I was talking about Kanye West, I was talking about how he does all this shit for publicity, he does all this shit to, you know, uh, for his own benefit financially, uh, you know, uh, artistically maybe. I don't fucking know. The point is. In his mind, it was probably coming from a sense of like, you know, any publicity is good publicity. And I was saying that like, you know, he does the Donald Trump thing where he just says a bunch of outrageous shit. And people pay attention and they go nuts and people get outraged and people say the same shit. of like, he's unhinged. Whatever. Like, I still am sticking by the fact that people just have the same response to him where it's like, he's unhinged. He's lost his mind. It's like, listen. Kanye West is a very... Like, let me ask you this. When you look at Kanye West, have you ever thought in your mind, yeah, that's a normal guy. That's a normal dude. Everything he talks about in his music, yep, completely normal. I relate to that. Fucking in the club, getting married in a church, divorcing in the bathroom, that's one hell of a life. I'm sure you uh, growing up in a middle class, uh, you know, nice suburban home where you went to a private school, I am definitely sure that you can relate to those lyrics, I am sure you have gone through that once in your life, I have no doubt, you know, so when you listen to his music and you listen to that shit, do you ever think to yourself, like, do you rationally think, like, ask yourself this honestly, do you rationally think in your mind that, yeah, man, I, uh, I really think that's a normal dude, that's a normal sane human being, and I understand him, I empathise with him, no, we listen to it because it's, it's fucking, it's it's interesting, it's cool, like, it's, it's out there, it's fucking different, and this guy's clearly gotten up to some crazy shit, and we're invested into it, we're invested into it, because he's pouring his heart out, he's pouring his mind out, and, <coughs> excuse me, I'm not dying because of COVID, I swear to God, alright, that shit's long gone, anyway, When you listen to those lyrics, you don't ever think to yourself, you know, yeah, that's normal. That's, that's rational. What he's saying is logical. No, he's talking about his life and what it's like being a a fucking celebrity and what he thinks in his mind. It's not normal at all. But the fact that he doesn't, like, try to be normal, that's what makes his music so, like, great. That's what makes it so interesting. That's what makes us, like, listen to his music each and every time. Now, I still stand by that, but... I think because the whole, you know, controversy has just developed so much. The excuse not the ex- I don't want to say it. it's not an excuse. I take that back. It's not an excuse. The thing I was saying last time was that he's doing all this shit for publicity. It clearly hasn't worked out well for him. He has lost his deals with Adidas, uh, Gap, and some other massive retail brands. Like they've cut all ties with him, right? He's no longer a billionaire. It's not really working out for him anymore. He is massively on the decline. And it is sad to see because, honestly, personally, I do think this is a very mentally deranged human being. I do think this is someone who has serious mental health issues. Uh, I don't think this is a sane, logical guy. But even before all this, did we ever think that he was a sane, logical guy? Not really. But. At the end of the day, what I think is in this current context, I think he is surrounded by a bunch of hucksters. I think he's surrounded by a bunch of political influences who are using him for their own advantage. Uh, like Candace Owens, I think, is 100% using him. Like, the, she, she is using him for her own benefit. That is what she's doing. I honestly do think that, and she is well aware that Kanye is not a mentally well-adjusted human being, and he's on the decline, this is a guy who has come out of a divorce, uh, he can't see his kids, he's got to pay child support, um, and that doesn't help with his mental health issues, and Kanye West, not Kanye West, Candace Owens looks at that, and I feel like she's using him to promote her own political messages that have to do with identity politics and she knows Kanye West is popular and if she uses Kanye then it's only it's only going to help her bottom line do you know what I mean because she just made a documentary about how Black Lives Matter is a scam and all this shit and if she she knows that if she uses Kanye West's promotional material then it's only going to help her and that has always been it's it, all this shit that Candace Owens is doing with Kanye West it's not really that surprising it's not that surprising at the end of the day. Because that's just the way Candace Owens works. Like, she does not have any principles. She doesn't have any, like... She, she, there's no real, like, deep, strong views on the world. Like, she doesn't have any of that. She has none of that whatsoever. She's someone who understands where... How, where the, the way politics has gone, which is politics has become a culture war. She understands that identity politics, like, evokes emotion... And it's going to get a lot of eyes onto you. And she knows that if she, you know, uses that for her own bottom line and then gets Kanye West involved and gets him to repeat the same shit, it's only going to help her. Like, that is the way Candace Owens works. But really, the sad truth about it is that Kanye West is only hurting himself. Right? Now you got all these other people who are, you know, just using him, having him on these podcasts, saying all this crazy, insane shit, and like, ging him up, and in the interim, he's just fucking hurting himself, and, you know, I there is this other idea that's going around, though, that I'm seeing, like, just this fucking stupidness of how, you know, should Kanye West's music be banned, like, should we, should, should Spotify and all these other streaming services eliminate his music from their platforms, I'm going to come out and say that that is a really fucking stupid idea. In fact, it's... And I'm not saying it's a stupid idea because it's Kanye West. Like, look, I love Kanye West for his music, right? As a human being, he's personally not someone I'd like to smoke a bong with. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't really want to share a joint with him. I don't really want to go out drinking because he'd probably be fucking annoying and just talk about himself for five hours, okay? I like his music, though. I'll listen to his music anytime. And... There are people who are coming out saying, like, you shouldn't play his music because it's going to remind people of, you know, what he's saying and all his views. Now, I feel like you could say that about, you know, any controversial artist. You know, you could say that about any song, really. Like, for example, Dua Looper has a song with Baby, right? She made a song with him before he came out and said a bunch of insane shit about the gay community, right? Everyone still listens to that song. Everyone still listens to Michael Jackson's music, right? It's not a, I'm not defending Kanye West. I'm defending the principle. Like, really, when you listen to his albums, like, say you listen to, say, like, I don't know, 808s and Heartbreak. That album does not represent his current political views. And despite his political views, he still makes great music. Personally, I think his great music, like I said last time, was from... 2005 up up until about 2016, like some of his, like his other albums are still great, but like that was his peak. Say if you listen to any of those albums within that time period, you are reminded of the music and what he was talking about on those albums, all right? If you happen, and at the end of the day, if you happen to get reminded about him and what he's saying and it, you know, it it makes you offended or whatever the fuck, then just, uh, yeah, okay, don't listen to it, but you shouldn't be out there Campaigning, saying you need to get rid of his music. It's because, because you know, he's saying a bunch of, you know, offensive shit. He is saying a bunch of offensive shit. What he's saying is fucking insane. It is nuts. And it makes no sense. Right? But if you're going to start doing that with him, then are you going to stop listening to Michael... J- Should you de-platform Michael Jackson, a guy who's dead? Should you de-platform Marvin Gaye? You know, his music is incredible and he talks about very... Deep, um, interesting like stuff that was happening at the time. Like he talks about civil rights and he commentates on what was happening in society. But Marvin Gaye is a human being. It was he. He was a. He was not a good human being. He held a fucking knife to his wife's throat. Like throat, I should say. Sorry. And are you also going to stop listening to the Beatles because John Lennon used to beat his wife? Like. Do you want, like, do you see, like, you're going down a slippery slope here, and I think to just de-platform his music and his art, I do, I think you, you don't really know what you're asking for when you start campaigning for things like that, right? Now, you can criticize the guy for his views all you want, like I am right now, I think what he's saying is fucking nuts, it's insane, and I, I don't really think the, the idea of, like, he's just saying this shit for publicity, like, clearly, I don't really think it's working out for him anymore, it's not. You know, I don't think that reasoning really holds up, but to go back to that point of like trying to de-platform his music, I don't think it works. Are you going to stop listening to NWA? Have you listened to their first fucking album? It's the shit they talk about is like, there's some obviously obvious bangers and, you know, they're making that music from, you know, they were, they were talking about... Their upbringing and what they went through, and the, the 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 kind of area they grew up in, like it's very like relatable to a lot of people who grew up with that kind of lifestyle. But they've got other songs, which is obviously like you know a bitch is a bitch. I ain't the one. Like you listen to that shit, and it's it's not very nice. But are you gonna stop? Are you gonna deplatform them? It's like people. I feel like as a culture, we've just become so comfortable with deplatforming people. And their art. Now, obviously, when it comes to deplatforming people, yes, we know that there is a line. Obviously, when you were calling for legitimate threats of violence against people, yeah, okay, obviously, that's, that, that enters a dangerous territory. We know that there is a line. You can't always use the excuse of freedom of speech when clearly, like, yes, when there are threats and those threats are, you know, being are taking place in real life and people are getting attacked, we obviously know that there is a line. But when it comes to, like, someone like Kanye West and his art... Yeah, okay. If he's on Instagram talking about about, you know, Jewish, like whatever the fuck he was saying, like you can criticize him, but to then go and like, alright, we should also de- take away his art on Spotify and his music, I think that's fucking insane. It's fucking nuts. It doesn't it you you're not really looking at the bigger picture when you call for things like that. Do you know what I mean? So I guess what I'm trying to say is that, like, I'm not really going to use the reasoning of, like, you know, he's just doing this for publicity and money because it's clearly not working out for him. I think this is someone who is being used and who's being poorly influenced by a bunch of fucking grifters. That's what I think. Um, still, at the end of the day, what he's saying is fucking nuts. And that the guy, the guy is clearly not well. He is not well. He's not... Do- like, I don't think it helps that this guy came out of a divorce... For, you know, he, he just came out of a marriage, you know, leaving someone who left him, and he loved that person, and then you got Candace Owens, you know, using his ex-wife, and posting a bunch of shit about Ray J, and fucking, you know, trying to smear her, I don't think it helps his mental health, now, I just think the fact that his mental health has been, you know, is in a really bad spot, and you've got this with like, Candace Owens, like, trying to exploit it, it's just, it's the gr- it's the people that he's hanging around with that is not helping him whatsoever. But, look, this is the last time I'm going to talk about this shit. Let fucking Kanye do what he fucking does. You know, let him go on this fucking downward, downward, downward spiral, I should say. Excuse me. Let him go on this spiral, whatever. Fucking, you know, he's a celebrity. He's a fucking celebrity. You know, I love his music, but clearly he's in a fucking bad place. There's not much anyone can really do about it. People have tried to help him, it's not working, it's very unfortunate, so, you know. Yeah, it's a shame, it's a real shame, it's a real shame, but, you know, what are you going to do? There's not much you can really do, you know, he's clearly not going to listen to a bunch of fucking people on social media, whatever, whatever. Anyway, let's move on to the UK, to Britain, fucking Liz Truss is gone. Liz Truss is out. It's a... You know... Britain has not had the easiest time. Alright? Now, I know I give British people a lot of shit because they fucking piss me off personally. Not as a group. But individually, they can be fucking annoying. Alright? Their crooked teeth. The fact that how much tea they sip. The fact that, you know... You fucking don't get enough sun. And you always walk around whinging and fucking complaining i'm probably gonna get a lot of shit for this i'm kind of taking the piss but not really but hey i'm not gonna kick you while you're down all right you've had a rough one you lost the queen your economy's in the shitter you haven't you're going through a, a, a terrible energy crisis and now you just lost liz Truss. you know it's a shame it's a real shame it, uh, it, it sucks for you guys, you know. You, you haven't got a leader. Liz, is, Liz Queen Liz is out. She's gone. Now you got to deal with the new guy, Rishi Sunak. Let's read this by the BBC, mate. Um, Rishi Sunak, a quick guide to the UK's new Prime Minister. Let's see what this fucking guy has to offer. All right. All right, he won after running for the second time this year. He lost to Liz Truss in September, but she resigned six weeks later. Uh, he predicted financial problems under Truss. He clashed with the former PM during the previous leadership race, claiming her plan to borrow money during an inflation, inflation crisis was a fairy tale that would plunge the economy into chaos. I got to hand my, I, I really got to hand it to Liz Truss. Imagine coming in. You're in for like, what was it, 42 days, you managed to fuck up the economy even worse than it already was, you were there when the fucking queen died and you didn't give a shit, Uh, you did nothing to help the energy crisis, and then you look at the whole, you look at your job, you look at the country itself and you go, fuck this, I'm out of here, I mean, that's kind of boss if you ask me, all right, it's, you're not exactly following that uh, George H.W. principle, where it's like where you know you you find a community and you know you fix it better than you found it, kind of like George Bush did with Iraq. You know, don't really know if that principle works too well for Tories or Republicans. All right. So uh, what else? What, what what else is Rishi? What what else don't we know about Rishi? I hope I'm saying his name right. Rishi. Okay. He is the son of immigrants. His parents came to the UK from East Africa and are both of Indian origin. Uh, So he's an immigrant. Cool. I bet Paul Joseph Watson's probably having a stroke right now. Rishi Sunak is an immigrant who wants to turn the UK into India. Imagine my shock. He's probably going to be really fucking upset by that. Poor old fucking... Paulie WJ? No, Paul. I jo- don't. What's his fuck? Paul Joey Watson? Yeah, Paul Joseph Watson. Fucking. Yeah, he'd be having a fucking field day right now. Um, he's only been an MP for seven years. Uh, he was elected as an MP in twenty. 20- this is. Can we, these fucking facts are just like he's, you know, an immigrant. He made his mark in twenty fifteen. Cool. Like this is. This tells us nothing about him or his policies. Um, he's thought to be one of the richest MPs. Yes, get, one, get, get a fucking guy who is wealthy and rich. Get him to be the Prime Minister in a country where everyone is fucking poor. I'm sure he is going to be a relatable man that everyone can look up to during this time of crisis. Um... He faced controversy over his wife's tax arrangement. He campaigned for Brexit and deregulation. Uh, He really wanted to be a Jedi. Wow. Wow. Okay. Well, that's really uh, informative. Thank you, BBC, for telling me that he likes fucking Star Wars. Now, let's get to the real shit. Let's get to the real shit. Here we go. This is what I want to read. This is Stuff You Should Know. Rishi Sunak, the new UK Prime Minister, is ne- is yet another Goldman Sachs alumnus. This fucking guy was on the board of Goldman Sachs. So, you know, he comes from Goldman Sachs, the bank that fucked the entire global economy in 2008. Loves Brexit and is all for deregulation. This is how bad... Like, I don't even, like, if you're in the UK, I don't, I, I, why don't you just fucking, like, do what Liz Truss did and just fucking leave. I don't see that country getting any better. Like, you, I mean, honest to God, you have a guy who wants, who, who is not a fair, you know, he looks at Liz Truss and he's just like, you know, I, I'm not, I, I don't like the way she's handling the economy. She's going to tank it. It's just like, buddy, you come from a place, all right? You come from a bank which tanked the entire global economy. You sold a bunch of shitty, you, you, okay, Goldman Sachs sold a bunch of shitty loans to people who couldn't fucking afford it, who couldn't pay their mortgages, and it tanked the entire global economy. There are countries that are still recovering from the GFC. This guy comes from that fucking bank. He comes from a bank that profits off of war profiteering. This is the guy that is going to fix Britain's energy crisis. He's going to fix the economy. He's a fan of deregulation, so he wants to deregulate the banks. Like, there's no nuances or any balances to any of his policies when it comes... I'm not saying deregulation never works, but he's just going to treat it... He's going to treat the banks like they're in a fucking casino. This is the guy who you are going to get to fix Britain's economy. I cannot... I do not see the sun shining anytime soon for Britain. Now... No, literally and figuratively. Like, literally and figuratively, the sun will not be shining in Britain anytime soon. Alright? It, it is, this entire... Like, let's, let's just look at this shit. Let's read this out. This is what insider has to say. Um, Sunak, who was voted in as leader of the Conservative Party on Monday, meaning he will become the Prime Minister this week, spent around three years at the US Bank, after which he worked at one... Hedge fund, confounded another, and then moved into politics. Great, so he's in the pocket of Goldman Sachs. That's fucking awesome. That is excellent. What a top bloke. What a what a guy to fix a country that is in economic ruin. That is the guy you pit. You did well. You did well, Britain. You've you've you've, just, you've done it again. Anyway, um, okay. I don't care where he went to uni. I don't really care. Um. After graduating, Sunak in London, he was a junior analyst, recovered U.S. stocks, including railways and media. Former former colleagues told the Financial Times, um, "Well, you know, you have a banker running a country where the cost of living is so fucked, and the energy crisis is so bad that people have to start using their fire pits." What do they call, this is how much, this is, this is how much of a mulet, like, a, a, a fucking zoomer I am. What do they call, like, w- I, like, not, because I've used electricity to heat up my place the my entire life. What do they call, like, the, the is it the fire pit? Is it the fire pit underneath the chimney? God, I'm a fucking zoomer, aren't I? No, what, what do they call the fucking, the, you know, the. The fireplace, they got to use their fire... I, again, I, you're talking to a 25-year-old who's never had to, you know, burn any wood in order to feel heat, right? But th- that, now British people have to do that. They have to use their fireplaces in order to get heat because the cost of energy bills is so fucking bad because of what's happening in Eastern Europe, right? And this is the guy... Who's coming from a bank who is profiteering off that fucking wall. That is the guy who is going to fix your energy bills. I mean, Jesus Christ. Good Lord. That is, uh, that is, uh, I mean, I, 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 if you're, if you're from Britain or you're living in Britain, I mean, I hope you're having a fun one. Good Lord. Alright, let's move on to the next one. We only got an hour here. Um, Paul Pelosi. Let's look this up. Paul Pelosi. is his name Paul I think is it Paul? Let's look it up. Paul is it it's Yeah, Paul Lee! <laughs> Fucking Paul Lee. He uh he got attacked in his home. He got attacked in his home. And uh he's uh he's not doing so well. Nancy's shaken up And of course, this becomes a a huge political issue. Now look, if you have listened to this podcast or you've watched any of my videos, you are aware that I am not the biggest fan of Nancy Pelosi. Okay? This is a woman who refused to give out the proper stimulus checks during an economic crisis, during a pandemic, because her excuse was, who's going to pay for it? Meanwhile, she was on James Corden showing off chocolate chip mint choc fucking ice creams. So she's on James Corden talking about, you know, how they can't give out proper stimulus checks because, you know, they don't know how they're going to pay for it, but they're able to bail out fucking Wall Street at a whim. Just pump out trillions of dollars to bail out the banks. Goldman Sachs in particular, you know, fucking what's his name, Rishi Sunak's boys. You know, the, 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 the US government helped them out. But, Nancy Pelosi, right, I'm not a fan of her. She was on James Corden talking about, we're not going to give out stimulus checks, but instead, let me show you my ice cream collection in my, from my fucking mansion on James Corden. You know? Not a big fan of her. Not a big fan of the fact that she went to Taiwan, even though China told her not to do it, and it's only going to escalate tensions with, Thai, with um, Taiwan and China. And it's, you know, World War Three could fucking pop off in Australia's backyard. She only went because you know her husband has stocks in uh, microchip companies. Not the biggest fan of Nancy Pelosi, but I don't look at Paul. I don't look at her husband hoping someone goes into his house to attack him and try and murder him, right? So let's 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 um, let's look this up. Let's let me let let uh, let Nine News give you the deets. They'll help you out. Here we go. Now to
1: a big developing story in the United States. The husband of House Speaker Nancy Pelosi has been brutally attacked after a man broke into their San Francisco home. Let's bring in Nine's US correspondent Jonathan Kersley. Jono, this is really troubling. Mr. Pelosi is now undergoing surgery. Yeah, pretty confronting detail, Jane. Paul Pelosi has undergone surgery on his skull. His family has been told by medical teams that he is expected to make a full recovery. But it was the early hours of this morning when an intruder that police have named as David DiPepi allegedly broke into the San Francisco home of Nancy and Paul Pelosi, allegedly shouting, where is Nancy, where is Nancy, before he was confronted by 82-year-old Paul Pelosi. There was then, uh, it's been reported, a struggle over a hammer. Now, police arrived so quickly on the scene that they were actually able to see the pair wrestling over this hammer. Uh, The accused then grabbed it, striking uh, Mr Pelosi a number of times. He was then taken to hospital, as was the accused. He is likely to be charged uh, with attempted homicide. Here is some of what police had to say earlier.
0: Mr Pelosi and the suspect both holding a hammer. The suspect pulled the hammer away from Mr Pelosi and violently assaulted him with it. Our officers immediately tackled the suspect, disarmed him, took him into custody, requested emergency backup, and rendered medical aid. The motive for this attack is still being determined.
1: The FBI has been brought in, Jane, to assist local police and Capitol Police from Washington, D.C., with this investigation. It's already been reported that the accused has spouted about a number of conspiracy theories online, including COVID vaccines, but also describing the January 6th Committee, which was looking into that violent insurrection at the Capitol as the Democrat Farce Committee.
0: Uh, He is expected to be charged. Jane.
1: Jono, thank you.
0: Okie dokie. So, Paul Lee got attacked in his own home, and, you know, I'm not really gonna sit here and be like, you know, it's a disgrace, because, you know, it is fucked up, we all know it's we all know it's terrible, um, you should, like, you shouldn't fucking do that, like, I don't really need to explain to you why that's bad, I mean, I would think you listening to this would know that, hey, maybe don't go into someone else's home with a fucking hammer and break it and try to kill them, pretty... I would assume that's pretty, you know, that's not too outside the box, alright? But if it is, then I would suggest that maybe you should go join Kanye and get some fucking therapy. Check yourself into a psychiatric ward. Here's the thing that... This is the reason I'm talking about it, okay? There is, like... There's this fucking... Like, I love how politics nowadays... Like, and this is more... Like, it's it's on a cultural basis. And this is more, like, in America but I love how, you know, whenever, like, something happens like this, people love to politicize it, and they love to say, like, well, he was a MAGA, uh, you know, Trump-loving psycho who tried to kill Paul Pelosi, and then, you know, you've got the other side, the Republicans being like, I heard he was a gay man who tried to fuck Paul Pelosi, that's what I've been hearing, like, you know, and then both of these parties try to attack each other, and, like, no, but at no point does no one ever say, hey, maybe let's not try to politicize this and, you know, normalize this kind of violence. you got all these people coming out saying, well, fuck Nancy Pelosi, she, she sucks anyway, you know, her husband's a piece of shit too. It's like, yeah, these aren't good people, but at the same time, I don't think you should excuse the fact that someone tried to break into their home and, and kill fucking one of them. Do you know what I mean? I just love how, you know, everyone... Whenever there's an attack, like, whatever, maybe it's politically motivated, whatever. In this case, the Republicans look at it and they're like, yeah, well, who knows? Maybe he was gay and, you know, the Democrats normalized that and he was probably trans or whatever. And then you got the other side being like, yeah, well, it's it's all your fault because he's MAGA and, like, you know, they just point the fucking finger at each other like they're a bunch of fucking school children trying to decide who gets a go at handball, you know, at no point does no one say, yeah, maybe we shouldn't encourage this behavior, maybe we should all calm the fuck down, all right, it is just, it just shows you how polarizing politics has become, you know, it's like when, uh, that fucking douchebag Andy No. uh, he's like a, he's like, the he, this is how he describes himself, he's like a conservative commentator, who goes to like these Antifa rallies, and starts, you know, doing the fucking, uh, he starts stripping in front of them, and starts wearing his budgie smugglers, and all that shit, clearly knowing it's gonna piss him off, and he gets attacked, and whenever he does get attacked, you know, people, the Republican side are just like, you know, violence is never okay, and then, people on the Democrat side being like, yeah, well, he should have been there, so fuck him, he's a piece of shit anyway. And then when Nancy Pelosi gets attacked, the Democrats are like, this is terrible, this should never happen. The Republicans are like, yeah, well, fuck her anyway. Like, these people are just a bunch of fucking school children and no one comes out and says, yeah, maybe we shouldn't, you know, normalize people getting attacked in their own home. You know, It's, it's just fucking crazy that no one looks at it And thinks, you know, I just love how, like, violence against other people is so normalized. Like, no one gives a shit. It's like, yeah, well, I don't like that person, so fuck them. It's just, it's absolutely insane. You know, it's like, yeah, at the end of the day, politically, they're not, they're fucking horrible people. And you can criticize them all you want. I fucking criticize them all the time. But at no point do I look at Nancy Pelosi hoping someone burns her house down. I don't want that. It's just insane. It's just, everyone is so emotionally charged, and whenever some political figure gets attacked, they're cool with it. They're cool with it. It's fucking insane to me. It's absolutely nuts, and everyone just gives the thumbs up, and no one ever takes a step back thinking, hmm, maybe this isn't really the right time to fucking use this as an opportunity to attack a certain political group that I don't like. It's just fucking insane to me, you know? I, it, it's, it's just... Can we all just calm the fuck down? I'm probably asking for too much at this point, you know? But, whatever. Whatever, I mean, you know, I just love... I love the... It's, it's more... I'm more talking about the culture behind all this. I like, at no point no one comes out and just says, like, yeah, you know, maybe we shouldn't attack each other with fucking hammers. Just like you shouldn't, you know, throw fucking milkshakes that have, you know, uh, concrete mix in them at, you know, some political commentator that you don't like. It's just, uh, I don't know. It's silly. It's really silly, and it's just fucking insane to me. You know? <clears throat> anyway. What's next? What is next? Oh, yeah, there was this really stupid article by The Atlantic that I want to talk about. The Atlantic COVID. Let's look this up. All right. The Atlantic comes out and they have written an opinion piece. And this is under the category of ideas. Uh, Let's, and this is the headline let's declare a pandemic amnesty. We need to forgive one another for what we did and said when we were in the dark about COVID. So, uh, this, this isn't really, oh, is this one long? This wasn't really, this, this article's not really that long. Maybe I can read it. In In April 2020, with nothing else to do, my family took an enormous number of hikes. We all wore, we all wore cloth masks that I had made myself. We had a family hand signal, which the person in the front would use if someone was approaching on the trail and we needed to put on our mask. Once, when another child got too close to my four, to my then four-year-old son on a bridge, he yelled at her, Social distancing! God, I gotta be honest. You know, I'm not saying... Th- like, COVID... Like, because I don't know if I'm really going to read the whole thing, because I just got too much to fucking say about it. First off, no... I don't, think you can, I, th- I don't think with, you know, what happened, you can just forgive and forget. I don't think, on like, on a, you know, gov- on a bureau- bureaucratic sense, I don't think you can forgive the fact that the Liberals just, you know, did these private bailouts for massive corporations who didn't fucking need it and gave them a bunch of government stimulus money that was intended to pay workers who couldn't work, but instead they just chewed up that government stimulus money and fired the workers and kept all the fucking millions to themselves like fucking Harvey Norman did. No, I don't think you can forgive and forget about that because JobKeeper was a fucking disaster. You can't just look at it and be like, it was a mistake, we didn't know any better, we were acting on emotions. No, they knew exactly what the fuck they were doing, okay? You can't forgive and forget about that shit. So, first off, that's a really fucking stupid way to look at it. And to say that you should just forget and forgive, I'm not saying, like, I'm not going to sit here and say, like, yeah, just forgive and whatever, like, you know, what I'm saying is, is that no one, like, you, you can't just look past this event, because this event on, like, a bureaucratic sense and in a cultural sense, sense, really exposed a lot of things about humanity, I'd say that that humanity, I would tailor that more towards, you know, um... Th- you know, that on like a cultural basis, right, apologies from all over the fucking place, I've been ranting for like nearly 40 fucking minutes, you know, you, you, you talking gets a little bit, you know, you get a bit all over the place, you know, you you, you know what, fuck off, you try to on a podcast for an hour and come back to me on your own when you've got no one to bounce off of, no one ever wants to be my friend, I just have to be my own friend with my head, um, anyway, but look, I think what COVID did on a cultural sense, it really, like, I've talked about this before. Some people really lost their fucking minds on both sides, right? The people who are all about wear your mask, sanitize, social distancing, lockdowns, all that shit. And then you had the other side who was so, like, they just thought anything that the government did, any any person who wore a mask, any person who did the absolute bare minimum to protect themselves, they just attacked those people, they fucking just looked at those people thinking they were all sheep, and they just identified themselves as, as like these COVID freedom fighters who are really going to stand up for what's right, really take on, you know, dictator Dan Andrews and all that shit right? COVID, like people created fucking identities around COVID, right? There are people on Twitter who spend hours upon hours during the day attacking other people for thinking differently than them. They attack other people who practice social distancing, who don't practice social distancing. It's like everyone just lost their fucking minds, people went insane, right, I'll, I'll give you my own personal experience, whenever I talked about lockdowns, or COVID, the amount of shit I got, like, the messages, the fucking comments, I got called a communist, I got called, like, the the new Paul Joseph Watson, it's like, so, am I a, a communist, or am I some fucking racist lunatic who hates immigrants and doesn't like, do you, do you know what I fucking, do you, pick a fucking, like, people just love throwing labels at you, and that's all they had, there was no, there was no explanation, there was none of that, it's like, you're this or you're that, and that is all you are, right, there was no middle ground, like, you know, the fact that people got kicked off of social media for merely disagreeing about a certain policy that had to do with the pandemic, you know. They got kicked off of social media for questioning it. That is fucking insane to me. That is nuts. The fact that you can't even have a conversation about, you know, vaccine. Even saying the word vaccines. I'm fucking scared to say it because I'm worried I'm going to get in trouble by fucking Spotify or whatever, right? I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I know what I'm talking about scientifically because I really fucking don't, all right? I'm a jackass who is 26. 26. It was my birthday on Monday. Where are my fucking birthday wishes? Fuck all of Fair enough. I didn't tell you it was my birthday. Whatever you follow me on Facebook, maybe you know, but whatever. Um, Where was I going with that? Um, yeah, people, the fact that like, you know, people merely questioned like the vaccine and the the, the companies behind these vaccines, the, the fact that people just merely had a conversation about it and they got kicked off, That is that was fucking insane to me. That is nuts, right? Or, you know, you had the other side who, you know, just went nuts at you, if you didn't social distance, if you didn't have your mask on you or whatever, they they, they they just look at you like you're a piece of shit, and it was just absolutely insane with how just, you know, uh enveloped people became through COVID, and they created these identities around, like, you know, this pandemic, and it's, it just really got to a for me. It got to a point where I, I fucking hated talking about COVID. I hated talking about it. Anything to do with lockdowns, COVID, vaccines. It's like I looked at it, and whenever I spoke about it, people were like "fuck you," you're the biggest piece of shit ever. You're you you know you're just a sheep. You like lockdowns, or you had other people being like, you are a right wing maniac. Who is an anti-vaxxer? Merely because I said, you know, I questioned, you know, vaccine. I just, I was just having a conversation about vaccine mandates. People just threw whatever they could at you, right? And I always looked at it. I always looked at, like, people who just, you know, were so emotionally engaged and all, like, in, in COVID. And I just looked at them and I just thought... You know there's gonna come a time where like COVID's not really gonna like matter anymore and people are gonna move on. I think COVID changed the world for sure, but you know it's gonna it's gonna get to a point where like the pandemic, like people are gonna go back to like their normal lives. Like, you know that, right? Like it's not really people aren't really gonna be talking about this anymore. Like it's gonna be over at some point. What are you gonna do then? How are you gonna handle it? You know, I think so. What I'm saying is that like culturally. It really showed how people are just willing to like create identities around what happens to them externally. They never like create identities internally and base it on character. They're basing their entire identity on like some global event, which is really fucking shallow and pathetic. And people like just bought into like this groupthink. It was insane. It was insane. It was absolutely batshit insane. And um, it just was weird. But I think this idea that we need to forgive one another and all that. It's like, no, why don't you reflect on it? And no, you should definitely not forgive and forget on how the elite use this pandemic to make themselves billions and billions of dollars and fuck over workers. And, you know, they like, the fact that you had the liberals, like, like in an, if you want to talk on like in an Australian sense, to forgive and forget is fucking stupid. It is it is insane, and it, it, the fact that people don't look at COVID and think we had a government in power for eight years that made so many funding cuts to public services and just privatised everything that when a pandemic hit or a catastrophe hit, it exposed. How underfunded and cut the fucking system was. No one ever, no, like no one. The fact that we should just forgive and forget that I think is insane. You know, it just show that this this event showed showed us how important public services are, and just to privatise everything, kind of shows you that it doesn't really work, especially on an economic sense. You know, the fact that hospitals were understaffed, like it. it It was, you cannot forgive and forget that. The fact that these hospitals did not have that much funding, if any, it's insane. It's insane to just forgive and forget that. So no, um, I can't be fucked to read the whole thing because I got to get through, I'm nearly at an hour, but you know, to forgive and forget, it's really silly. You should reflect and learn, if anything. Anyway, let's move on. (sighs) <sighs> let's move on, let's move on, let's, uh, let's go to my favorite segment, the one that makes us so happy, wish.com therapy, if you have a question, if anything's going on in your life, I don't care what it is, uh, you just came out of a breakup, someone's cheating on you, you think your friend's fucking you around, you lost money, I don't care what it is, you don't know, you know, you, you want to learn how to clean your room, you want to learn how how to cook a good lamb steak, I'll sort you out. I'll sort you out. Just email benspillatoutlook.com. That is the email for wish.com therapy because you come to me when you can't afford afford a real therapist. You can't afford a real professional because you're on Centrelink. You come to me and I do it for free. All right? But just know I am not qualified. I just have a bunch of life experience. And you know what? You can't learn that at the uni of Sydney. What's the fucking uni called? University of Sydney. You can't learn that at Sydney Uni. Alright? You come to me. I just got a bunch of life experience that I learned from, you know, hanging out in bars and fucking around. Anyway. Let's move. Let's, let's see if we've got any questions. I... I think I'm jealous of my sister being the favorite child. Aww. um. Well, hey, buddy, let's be real, alright? Let's, I mean, look, the youngest always gets the best treatment, alright? You're the eldest. Your parents, you know, from what I'm seeing here, you seem like you're the eldest. You know, there's a lot more pressure on you. So, you know... That's what, that's what, that's how it works. That's how, that's how fucking parents roll. That's how they deal, with. you know, they treat, they always treat the youngest the best. How do you not know this? Anyway, it's no news that my 20, that, uh, it's not news that my, let me read that again. This guy wrote it in a weird fucking way. It's no news that my mother prefers my sister, Betty. He put that in asterisk. I think you're trying to give her an alias, so, you know, for the sake of privacy. All right, let's stick with Betty. It's always, it had. It, sorry, it's always been like this. The reason is that I'm the split copy of my dad appearance and personality while my sister is way more like her. It never bothered me much in the past, but the more I grow up, the more I realize that it's not just tiny differences, but more like if I'm not wanted at all. My my sister's my sister 18th birthday is coming by the end of the month, and, I've, and I never felt this upset about the differences our mother make. This is how he wrote it. That's not me. That's how he wrote it. Um... She's throwing Betty two parties, one with her friends and one with our family. The family one is a surprise. She asked me to find out what Betty would like to eat so that she can cook all her favorite foods. And she has made a reservation in a really fancy place to hold said party. The last straw was this morning. I went grocery shopping with Mum, and she asked me if a necklace with a diamond is an appropriate gift. She's turning 18 after all. It's fair to get her something nice. I'm guessing that's what your mother said since you wrote that with another asterisk okay the conversation went south quick when she asked for a comparison what did I gifted you for your 18th nothing and it was really nothing she said that if I wanted a party I had to pay half but I had no money to spend at the time so I decided not to have one she said that my gift for you would have been the party but you decided not to have one pretty unfair if you ask me but I'm not a big party guy anyway so I didn't think much of it I feel kind of bad uh, and confused because it never bothered me. And now so suddenly I feel jealous of the way my sister is treated. I don't want to be cold to her or our mother out of nowhere. Also because it's not Betty's fault. But IDK, I think I'm going to say, I don't know. But I don't know. It just keeps popping up in my mind. And I can't stop feeling upset. I think I'm justified but I still want to hear some external opinions and maybe if you have some advice on how to get through it, it would be appreciated. Also just to clarify, I don't care about the money. I don't care about the party itself or the expensive gift. What bothered me, what bothered me is that our mum never showed the same investment in life for me. It feels like she's always doing so much and looking out so much for my sister while she never cares much. Well, for me, she never cares much. Right, my bad. I didn't read that correctly. It's about the way she treats us, not about the things she gets us. All right. Okay. So, you're feeling a little bit upset. You didn't get to have your big 18th party. You didn't get, you know, your parents didn't shout your case of cruisers. You didn't get to vortex the watermelon cruisers. You know, you, you didn't have the opportunity, let, the opportunity to let your friends, you know, vomit in your garden and, you know fuck all your other friends in your parents' bedroom. You're, you're jealous that you didn't get to have that experience, but your sister gets to have that experience. Okay. Here's all I have to say to you, and I'm going to keep this real simple and quick because, you know, the answer's simple, plus I'm running out of time. Anyway, um, look, it's easy to fall into the trap of living your life trying to, you know, uh, prove your parents wrong or, you know, you, you want to be seen as, like, the favorite child, right? You are living your life based on external opinions. Now, that is not to say that you shouldn't care what your family thinks, because your family, at the end of the day, family is important. They are your family. They are your blood. They, they should matter to you, right? But, dude, here's all I'm going to say. When it comes to this shit, when it comes to, like, you know... I didn't get to have a party, but she gets to have a party. How come she gets a diamond necklace and I get it and I don't get to have one? First off, why the fuck do you want a diamond necklace? You're 21 years old. You're a fucking dude. Come on, dude. Diamond necklace, who gives a shit? And, you know, when it comes to, like, you know, I had to pay half, but I couldn't afford it and all that. Listen, here's what I have to say. Let bygones be bygones, all right? And if you're really in the mindset of, like, you wanting to, like, you know, get your parents' approval, I would say, you know... Do not live your life trying to get your parents' approval. Here's what you should do. Create your own life, okay? Create your own life. Create your own identity. You know, really, like, if you want to, like, stick it to your parents, live a happy life. What's the, what is it they say? The best revenge is a life well lived. Live your life well. Become a fucking boss. Get, you know, do well in your career. Become independent. Get fit. Go to the gym. Get fucking jacked learn a skill, get really good at it, you know, learn, you know, find who, find out who you are, go travel, go live your life, who gives a fuck if you didn't get an 18th, you're 21, it was three years ago, who gives a shit, let your parents throw the fucking party, who cares, and you know what you should do, you know, I got great advice for you, go to the party and have the time of your fucking life, have the time of your life, all right, go there be, be like this positive, you know, bring this positive energy, have a fun time, just have a ball, you know, because your parents are going to be there being like, uh, you know, your, your mom's going to be looking at your, at, at, at your dad being like, Michael, have they had enough finger food, should we get more oysters, I don't understand, why aren't they having any of the sausage rolls, oh my god, they're, they're going to be freaking out about, you know, how the party's going, they're going to have to worry about some, you know, some little shit who's vomiting in the toilet, that's not your problem. Right? if your parents want this big responsibility of throwing an eighteenth party, they want it. They okay. This, this is your mum's decision. She wants to throw the eighteenth birthday. Let it. That that is her problem. It's not your problem. Okay. And when you're there, be cool about it. Be supportive of your sister. Be like, hey, I'm really you know happy eighteenth. Don't be don't do don't go to the party being like, how come she got one and I did birth? This sucks. And then stomp your feet and pout your lips and walk out the door. Dude, don't do that shit. Don't do that shit. Don't, don't live in resentment towards your parents because they didn't throw you a party. Yeah, okay, it sucks, and yeah, it's probably not fair, but who gives a fuck, dude? There's more to life than that shit. There's more to life. You know what your parents... Your parents are really going to respect you if you just live your life, you do well for yourself, you take care of yourself financially, mentally, physically, emotionally, you create your own relationships in life, if you, mate, if you take care of yourself and you just work on yourself and you focus on that shit, they're they going to look at your sister being like, why the fuck did we throw an 18th eighteenth 18th for you? Why did we throw some big bash birthday for you when your brother's out there traveling the world, having a great career, you know, being with all these girls and, you know, they, they, they're going to, they, you just get to live your life and if your mum has this, you know, sort of notion where she's like, you know, you remind me of your father, but your sister reminds me of me, that's her problem, that's not your fucking problem, who gives a shit, you know, focus on creating your own identity, do that, go to the party, have a great fucking time, hit on all the friends, you know, Um. you know, you're 21, you, they're 18, that, that's, that seems normal, you know, Hit on all her friends. Get drunk with all her male friends. Fucking have the time of your life. You know? Talk shit. Crack jokes. Be the life of the party. Meanwhile, you know, your sister, who's at the 18th, has to deal with all your relatives. You know, she, she, she's going to have to deal with your aunt being like, Oh, so where are you going to go to uni? What are you going to study? You don't get the jobs important. What are you, you should really get a job. I hear um, uh, IT is really the the new cool thing to do. What about becoming a doctor? Your sister's gonna have to deal with all that shit. How did you deal with the HSC? What was your A.T.A. You know she's gonna have to deal with all that shit. Meanwhile, you're just like, who gives a fuck about that? You're there. You're on the beers. You're talking shit with some chick. Next thing you know, she's in the bathroom with you. She's giving you a blowy, and you're there. You're like, this is fucking great. And then when the party's over, you go and live your life. You build your life, okay? Don't focus on this shit, dude. There's more to life than all this. Don't live your life in resentment and feeling like, feeling like you've got to prove something to your parents. Just respect your parents, love them for who they are, and just build your own identity. Build your own life. And I can guarantee you, when you do that, you, you're going to be balling. You'll be balling, right? You'll be out there walking around confident. Mr. fucking Johnny Bravo. Chicks are going to want to be with you. People are going to want to be friends with you. Everyone's going to be respecting you, alright? And you're going to look back on it when you're living your best life being like, why the fuck did I care about some dumbass 18th? And you know what else? Dude, you're 21. You've got all the party experience. Her friends are just getting out of school and they're learning to sip their first vodka lime and soda. What do you give a shit? You know? Go travel. Go live your life. So what they didn't? Throw your party. You know? Alright. It's alright. Alright, dude. Go live your life. Okay? Don't worry about this shit. It's it's superficial, okay? Go and go and focus on what you want to do with yourself. What kind of career do you want to have? Where do you want to be financially? What kind of what kind of partner do you want in your life? You know? You know what? When you turn 30, throw your own fucking party and make it even better than your sister's 18th. Then she'll be seething. Then she'll be upset that's a little bit vindictive, but you get my point, alright, don't worry about all that, you just look at him. you go, you know what, Um, respect all ears, I hope you have a great night, sis, but uh, yeah, I'm gonna go live my life, and that's what you do, alright, so don't worry about this stuff, alright, there's bigger things in life that you should focus on, alright, don't worry, don't focus on the past and the fact that they didn't get to throw your party, who gives a shit, let bygones be go- bygones, my friend. All right? And go to that party and have the time of your fucking life. Anyway, guys, I'm out of here. Um, that is the podcast. Thank you very much for listening. I love you all very much. And uh, I'll catch you next week. Send your questions in. I don't care what the questions are. I don't give a shit. You want to learn how to cook a good steak? You want to learn how to ask a girl out? Come to moi. Anyway, all right. got to bounce. I'm running out of time. Uh, I love you so much. I'll see you next week. All right. Bye.